All right. I want to ask before I start this morning for a little bit of grace. Why? Because I spent all week preparing a sermon that I was going to follow on from Dave Barsh, and I was going to use that cross. I had posters. I had all kinds of brilliant Ben ideas. And then last night at about, or this morning at about a quarter to one, I woke up, or I didn't quite make it to sleep. I'm not sure which one it was. And God changed my plan. So I went from a very well put together sermon notes with about 10,000 words to a mud map scribbled on a napkin with a crayon, which I'm going to use as my notes this morning. The reason is, is that we are in a very interesting time right now. And as you will have all seen, we are all wearing masks and people were coming through the door this morning going, do we have to wear masks? Are you going to tell us to wear masks, not to wear masks? And the thing that I've found so interesting about this time is the opinions coming from all sides of the fence. I did a terrible thing this week and decided to uh, put my eyes back onto Facebook and found an absolute slew of differing opinions from people within the faith and without the faith. And I came to this thing that God was showing me last night where a, a people of faith like all of us, we get to the position and we go, okay, got to go to Coles. So the government's asked me to put a mask on. So I take my mask, I go to Coles, I walk through the first aisle and there's a Christian standing at the end of the first aisle who looks at me and goes, Ben, wearing a mask, accepting the tyrannical push of the satanic government and allowing their powers to rule and reign, thinks he's a Christian. So I go, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing. So I take my mask off because now I'm fighting the power, brother. I'm a strong Christian. I'm fighting the power. So I go to the next aisle without my mask because now I'm a strong, faith-filled believer. And I step into the next aisle and I walk down to keep getting my groceries. There's another Christian with a mask on, looks at me and goes, Ben, leader of a community, strong faith-filled guy, telling us to follow the Christian way, to follow Christ, and he can't even follow the simple rules that the government's outlaid. So I start thinking, oh. and to top it all off, Ben is killing grandma. <laughs> so now I stand with my mask in my hand, And I go, oh, which one do I do? So I go to the next aisle and I kind of do like a half cover, half not sure. I love Jesus. I I also, I don't want to kill grandma, but I get to this place where I'm as confused as all could be. And I just want to get, I just want to get home. So I finish my groceries as quickly as I can. I don't talk to anybody. I race home. I get into my house and go, phew, I'm at home. I'm in a safe place. I don't have to wear a mask. I'm not killing grandma. I'm in a safe place. Right, all is well in the world. I still love Jesus. I'm still a follower. I'm still a Christian. Then I open my my phone or my computer to Facebook and here's a comment that says, the church needs to rise up. All these Christians are sitting at home in their homes doing nothing. Not pushing for the love and the faith of Christ. Not wanting to advance the kingdom. Not wanting to fight the good fight. So sitting in my home, now I start going, oh, now I'm a hold on to the edge of my seat, wait to go to 
to heaven Christian. I don't love Jesus. What's going? So I, I put my armor on, I run to the door and I grab my mask and I go, oh, I don't know which one to do. Do I love Jesus with my mask on? Do I love him without? Am I pushing the church with, his, with it on? Am I pushing it without? Am I advancing the kingdom if I wear it or don't wear it? And we get to this place where we just go, this is all too hard. Being a Christian in this time is all too hard because I don't know whether I'm a faith-filled believer with it or I'm a faith-filled believer without it. And what we're doing with each other is we're empowering each other into nothing. We're empowering each other into powerlessness. Because when I look at Maddie and he's wearing a mask, I go, who does he think he is? And he looks at me when I'm not wearing one going, who does he think he is? Guess what we're doing for the kingdom? Nothing. Why? Because the enemy doesn't care how we become disunified. All the enemy cares is that we're not unified on one front. What's that? Advancing the power and kingdom of Christ. I was talking with Jess. We were chatting throughout the week. What do we do? Do we make people wear a mask? Or do we, do we fight the tyrannical government and stand against mask wearing? And as we talked more and more, we, we, we danced each side of it. I realized it doesn't matter which side we take because this is what's gonna happen. We'll put a table out the front with masks on it. And we'll see one group of people walk in and go, oh, Ben, Jess, accepting the powers of the tyrannical government and pushing the power of the Antichrist by wearing masks, I'm not going in. And then on the same day, moments later, we'll see the other side of the coin walk in and go, oh, Josh is standing in there without a mask on. Ben's not enforcing mask wearing. He doesn't care about us and he doesn't care about grandma. We're not going. So all of a sudden we have a community of people confused. What's empowerment? What's disempowerment? What's the right choice to make? As we're driving this morning, I, I pray every morning when we drive past the other churches. And this morning I felt so sad for leaders because this position is such a hard one for us to take. What do they do? They're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. And I think God sits back in all of this and he says, I never asked you to get involved in this nonsense. I never asked you to be disempowered by the people of the world or the people inside your family. I asked you to love one another. I asked you to band together, to fight for one another. I asked you to stand and advance my kingdom in every way you see. Right now, there will be leaders in this city who church members will have been going to that church and backing those leaders for years and they will walk away this morning because of this. They will leave a community in which they've fought for years to build because of this. And you know who wins in that? The enemy. Again and again and again. There's a book called The Art of War, old book, and it speaks about things that have been used for years to fight wars, and it's all the same. You know one of the biggest things somebody can do to break down the enemy? Disunity. Because what happens when you go into the battlefield, when two armies are walking close together, they put a line of fire down the middle. Soldiers stand there and they have to choose a side. 
They stop thinking about the enemy. Which side am I going to go? Am I mask or no mask? Am I over here or am I over there? Well, now that I'm over here, I've got to yell at those people over there. The enemy just sits back going, they'll destroy themselves. I don't even have to run an assault because they'll destroy themselves. And the little that's left over, I'll wipe out. As I was laying in bed last night when God woke me up, I started thinking about the Kokoda track and the soldiers who went to the track to to protect this land. And I started thinking, there would have been Christians in the midst of World War II who would have been saying, don't go. Soldiers, don't go. This is not the way of God. Don't do it. There would have been other Christians saying, go, go and fight. Let's go. Let's go and kill anyone who doesn't believe what we believe. And we would have had soldiers standing in the midst going, what do I do, Lord? And I started asking myself, those guys decided that this was the hill we're going to die on. This Kokoda track, this is the hill I'm willing to die on. And I started thinking, am I willing to die on this hill? The answer is no, I'm not. Because God has a much bigger plan for us than whether we wear this thing for a short period of time or we don't. Yeah, but Ben, you don't understand what it's doing. No, I do. I get it. I get it. But there's a bigger picture at play. There's a bigger picture at play right now than whether we wear this or we don't wear this. Can I tell you that right now, there are sex, S-E-C-T-S, of people who are growing children to continually traffic them. That in today's day and age, there is still slavery. That in today's day and age, there are still men, women, and children who can't go home without fear of their partner abusing them. This is not the hill I'm willing to die on. I will wear this thing for the brief moment you ask me to wear it. Is it annoying? Yes. Does it fog my glass up? Yes. Do I look ridiculous because my beard doesn't fit inside it? Yes. Do I care? No. I walked through Pack Fair yesterday with it upside down and like barely covering my mouth because I didn't realize I had it on wrong. And I said, I don't really care. Why? Because if I can love the person next to me with it on or with it off, I really don't care. And then we see this thing, people saying, but the church must rise. The church must rise for such a time as this. For such a time as this. We take Esther, we take the one little part that Esther was given, we say, yes, for such a time as this. But we misunderstand what it was Esther walked through to get to the position where Mordecai whispered to her, Esther, now is your chance. You see, because Esther, Esther was an orphan. And Mordecai prepared Esther in a position to say, you are going to one day be challenged to step in for the people. But what you've got to do, Esther, is walk through a very difficult, very challenging position before you get there. See, because what they had to do before they went to the king was they had to spend a year of beautification. Six months of it, they were covered with oil and aromas. And six months, they were prettied and beautified, learned how to operate in the king's courts. 
before they were then put into a group of seven other women for the king to choose the queen. So not only did Esther have to spend a year learning how to operate in the, kings of the, in the, in the court of the king, she had to spend a year making sure she was perfectly beautiful with the right words to say at the right time. She spent a year giving herself to the cause. To be put in a position that no one else could be put in. See, such a time as this, Esther, is not a call for the church that this is the time, this is the moment. That such a time as this is the individual call that's given to every single one of us. What's your moment? What's your time? Because Esther stands in a position, she gets all the way through, she makes it through the beauty pageant, she gets selected by the king, and the king looks as if he's going to kill the Israelites. Mordecai comes, and he quietly leans through the gate. He says, Esther, you have been chosen for such a time as this. I want you to notice that it wasn't the Israelites that kicked down the gates. It wasn't the Israelites that stormed in protest. It wasn't the Israelites that rose up, brothers, stand with a strong fist, we'll fight it with the sword. It was the quiet voice of Mordecai through the perfect plan of Yahweh that said, Esther, I have placed you like a chess piece on a board to break down the powers of darkness. See, the world's way says, let's band together. Get the guns, get the swords, get the spears. Stand on your soapbox and louden your voice. Yell it till everyone can hear. And we will beat this. And the plan of Yahweh is quiet yourself before me. And I'll whisper you the plan. And it'll be the pin that'll pull apart the whole building. Esther was an individual call to you and me to understand what is my job here. What is my plan? Ben, you've been put in a position for such a time as this. You have been put in a position for such a time as this. What is that time? This right here before me. God has given me a metron. God has given me a sphere. And he said, Ben, steward your sphere. Steward your metron. Lead with all the strength that you have. Guide and counsel with all the strength that you have. And when the time comes, when, when Mordecai leans through that gate and whispers, Ben, your time is now. Don't shrink back. But wait on the plan of Yahweh. Wait on the perfect plan and will of God. When Pilate says to Jesus, are you a king? Jesus responds, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. We need to stop fighting the kingdom of this world with the tools and schemes of this world. We need to be a people who deal with the issues of this world with the tools and plan of the kingdom of God. We are fighting an enemy that we don't understand. We are fighting an enemy that has no care for the way you are, for the way you think you are, for the things you think you have. They have no care for morality. They have no care for righteousness. They have care for power and destruction. And can I tell you, 
outside of Christ, all of us are unequipped to fight that battle. All of us. But in Christ, playing your particular part, in your particular quiet whisper, your time is now. We all play a part that dismantles the powers and principalities that we're fighting against. It may be a silly analogy, but it keeps popping over in my head, is that the Star Wars movie, if Jeremy was here, he would get up me for my inaccuracies in this, but the flying into the big circle thing... The Death Star. <laughs> I didn't want to say death from the pulpit, guys. But they're coming against this dark, scary enemy that's going to destroy the world. And they're throwing everything they have at it. But there's this one young, courageous man who sees the plan through and pulls the small pin which destroys the big enemy. You see, it's the same as David and Goliath. David's plan was ridiculous. A stone against a giant, but it worked. What we're trying to do is go up against the giant and draw our swords and we're getting slaughtered out there. We're arguing about what sword we should carry. And what I believe God is asking for all of us in this room is to be the Esther where God quietly leans through the gates and says, your time is now. Pull that pin, place that stone, shoot the little lightning bolt thing out of your aircraft into the thing. It's the best I got. It's terrible, but it got us across the line, right? Guys, we need to understand by which kingdom we are a part. We need to understand what our metron is, what our sphere is. God, Father, I ask right now, Lord, that you just prepare our hearts. God, open us to receive who you are. Father, right now I pray for every leader in the city. God, I pray for every leader in the city, Father, who stands in the gap with their knees bloodied from prayer and petition to you. God, I pray there be peace in their midst, that there be resolve in their hearts. God, give them strength in this time to lead your people through the wilderness and into the promised land. God, you are worthy and you are holy, Jesus. And Lord, we will worship you through a mask. We will worship you in the midst of this pain and suffering, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of whether it's real or not, in the midst of whether we agree with it or not, Lord, we declare this one thing, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus. Paul writes this to the Ephesians in Ephesians 6. 
He says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We need to understand this. When Jesus came, He didn't push back the doors of Herod. He didn't kick down the doors of Caesar. He didn't push back the gates of Rome. He didn't stand on the mountain of Caesarea Philippi and say to the disciples, on this ground we'll build a church and we will push back the gates of Rome. He said we will push back the gates of hell, the gates of Hades. I want to empower you this morning, but I also want to warn you this morning. Paul writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13, he says this, Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond our limits. But we will not boast beyond our limits. But we will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even to you, for we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. Paul is saying, don't go where you've not been asked to go. Stop reaching into things that aren't yours to reach into. When God called Gideon the man of valor, do you know where Gideon was? He was hiding in the wine press with the Lord. He wasn't some hero standing out with a soapbox in the middle of the street, yelling about what should be done differently. He was in the quiet place, asking God for the quiet direction forward. And God said to him, Gideon, my man of valor, come. He says, God, do you not know who I am? I'm the least of my household. He said, it doesn't matter. I've seen you and you're the man I chose. We gotta stop thinking we know the way through this. We gotta stop using this to say we know what's right and wrong and get on our knees and on our face before God and say, what is the quiet whisper that you will bring through those fence poles to say your time is now? What's the quiet whisper that God is leading us into to say no more of this? God is not asking us to be the heroes in this story. God is asking us to trust Him. God is asking us to be in the place where it makes no sense. Listen, if God has asked you and you feel it with all that you are to post every day on Facebook and to fight the tyrannical powers, I want to empower you to keep doing what you're doing. But I want you to be honest with yourself. Has God really called me into that position? Are all these members on my Facebook page, are they really my sphere of influence? I don't post on Facebook because I don't believe God's called me to that space. He's called me here. And I will speak from this barrel with everything that I have until He no longer calls me here. But that is not my metro. That is not my sphere. That's not where God's asked me. If He has asked you there, great. Operate in that place. But don't look down on those beside you because they don't know how. 
or they don't want to or they don't feel called to. God is asking us to step into His, the metron He's called us into, the place He's called us into, and to operate with faith in all that we are, to do as He asks us, to pull the pin on the enemy, to shoot the lasery thing into the, into the place where it explodes it, to take a sling and to throw one stone to kill the giant. He's not asking you to be some academic to read peer-reviewed articles on whether we should or we shouldn't. He's saying, come to me in faith. Come to me in faith and I will tell you what to do. And if you don't know, ask someone, weigh the risks. Position yourself in a place where I go, is this the hill I'm gonna die on? Or is there a bigger plan? Is there a bigger thing at play? Is there a bigger move for us to make? have to get to a position where we realize what it is we're doing in this time in this moment every single one of us plays an important role in 2021 to see the kingdom come and to see his will be done your part is important your part is important we're going to go into worship It's this place that we're about to step into where we have the most impact. What we're about to do here this morning is better than 55 marches on the Capitol. Is better than the most well-put Facebook post. Is better than the most well-written email to your MP. Is all that stuff helpful? Sometimes, yeah. Can it be good? Sometimes, yeah. Can it be hurtful and bad? Yeah. What we're about to do right here is more important than any protest we can make. Is more important to, than whether we wear this or we don't wear this. Is more important than whether whether we feel like we're winning or we're losing. It is this place that we find our refuge. It is this place that we find our strength to push back. It is this place where Mordecai leans through the fence and he says, Ben, your time is now. Ben, your time is now. Truly, your time is now. It's in worship that we break the powers and principalities. It's on your face in your room that breaks the principalities and the powers. So Ben, do I have to wear a mask when this when we finish worship? Do I have to wear a mask when I go to Coles? There's a time like this where we look to the leaders because if they get it wrong, we can say, take that, you got it wrong, not me. I was doing what you told me to do. God is calling us to rise as a people, to take ownership of your faith, to take ownership of who you are, to take ownership of the way you show Christ in the community, to show the way you reveal Christ in this house. So do I have to wear a mask? This is what I'm gonna say to you. We have two weeks left of wearing these masks. 
And I'm not going to tell you whether you should wear it in here or not. Man, that's bad leadership. You need to lead. No, because I don't want to give you the opportunity to scapegoat on me. I want you as big boys and girls to make a decision. The directive we've been given is that when we're seated, we can remove our mask. And when we can 1.5 social distance, we don't need to wear a mask. When we're in close quarters with people, we're moving around and we can't distance, we should wear a mask. So we're going to go into worship in a minute and there is a ton of space at the front. There's a ton of space at the back. If you feel that you can get a 1.5 away without wearing a mask, all power to you. But this is what I want you to do. When you go out of this room this morning, I want you to weigh the consequences. And as mature believers, I want you to take it on the chin of what decision you decide to make. If you decide to go to Coles with this on, because you've been in prayer and petition with the Lord, all power to you. If you decide to go into Coles because I'm going to fight the tyrannical government and I'm going to push back the powers of the enemy because I've felt that's what God's told me to do, all power to you. But I want you to remember that moment if you get a fine. I want you to remember that moment if you get put in a prison and you're sitting in there. That's okay. But you know what Paul did? It was for Christ that I'm in this place. Don't whinge and whine and tell everybody else it's their fault because you made a decision based on what you felt God told you to do. And that's what I'm here to tell you today. If you don't know, spend more time in the Lord. You want to push back the powers of darkness, spend more time with the Lord. You want to decide whether I should wear this or not wear this, spend more time with the Lord and ask Him, God, what am I to do in this moment? But then stand on the place that you are in all faith, knowing this is who I am. Why don't you stand? Get a healthy position you'd like to worship in. There's a position that we need to find in Christ where we hear His voice we understand our role, our sphere, our metro, where we understand where it is God's asked us to stand. Where we will stand and we will stand and we will stand and we will stand again. Hebrews 12, 18 to 29 says this. may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear, but you have come to the Mount Zion and to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable angels and festival gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven 
and to God to judge all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better world than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven at that time his voice shook the earth but now he has promised yet once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens this phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaking that is things that have not been made in order that the things cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful. Let us be grateful. Let us be grateful. Let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Jesus, we stand here this morning as imperfect beings, Father. Sometimes not sure of what's up and what's down. Sometimes more confused than we've ever been. But Lord, we know this, that your kingdom is one that cannot be shaken. That Lord, as the shaking of the earth comes, as the shaking of the things that are around us come, Lord, may we stand in your kingdom that cannot be shaken. Lord, may we stand in the place that you've given us. In the place that says we will not be removed from here. Lord, I pray for every believer right now who stands in this place of confusion, who stands in this place of unsurety, Father, who stands in a place of just wanting to serve you. And Lord, I ask that you bring them peace and joy in their life. And God, I, I pray for those who standing on either side of the coin, dogmatically holding their position, and Lord, I ask that you soften their hearts. Let them see your love. Let them see the way you have through this dark night of the soul. Lord, like Esther, we stand with our hands open. We stand in a position that says, use us however long it takes, God. Position us inside the courts of Pharaoh with a heart willing to say yes when the time comes. That Lord, when you lean through that gate and whisper, your time is now. Lord, may we respond with joy and excitement in our hearts. Jesus, you are the King we rule and reign. Whether we wear a mask or not, whether we accept what's happening or not, Jesus, we bow to you. Lord, I thank you that we are sheep, that we are sheep who follow, but that you are our shepherd. Lord, we will follow you wherever you lead us, wherever you guide us, we will come along with you. We declare your kingship right now, Jesus. this morning. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify your name. 
We declare who you are, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. The creator, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, all that we are, Jesus. We worship you. Just start to lift your voice right now. Just start to lift your voice. Start to worship him. Declare his goodness. If you believe that he can bring us through this, this morning, then lift your voice. If you believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life, the direction through the darkness, then lift your voice and start to declare who he is. 